This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, here we are. It's hour three. It's a great day for talk radio. It's a Tuesday edition, but it feels like a Wednesday. I'll be away tomorrow, but our Wednesday crew has come in 24 hours early to just keep company. Uh, Ernie Eves, former finance minister and premier in the province of Ontario. Appreciate you coming in, Ernie. Thank you. We were just hanging around on Queen's Key. We just <laughs> <laughs> I wondered who those sordid uh, characters were. I couldn't tell because of the bad light. But uh, it was you, along with your uh, confrere, Buzz Hargrove, the former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers. Buzz, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for inviting us early this week. Yeah, early this week. All right. Well, you'll be invited again tomorrow <laughs> if my plans get canceled. John Turley Ewart, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Street. John, likewise, good to see you in. Good to see you. Thank you. By the way, we were just commenting that uh, the news flashed the C- CFO, the uh, chief financial officer of Huawei, who was, I guess, held uh, pending bail in Vancouver since late last week, was just granted bail. Now, uh, was this just a coincidence because there had been a former Canadian diplomat who was taken off the street in China and it kind of disappeared? He was being held. Uh, I'm sure one has nothing to do with the other. Well, you're the man in government, and you know how these things work. So uh, if you're absolving the Chinese of playing... Don't you see Tinkerbell? She's right on top of your microphone. Is that what that is? All right. So what you're saying is that was... It was a case of the Chinese... I'm sure that the fact that they just happened to scoop up a former Canadian diplomat that was sort of payback... I'm not so sure it it affected the judge's decision. I would give the judge more credit than that, but... It's very interesting, let me put it that way. Well, but we have an extradition treaty with the United States. And they asked for her. I mean, in Manhattan, there had been charges that she had circumvented the sanctions against Iran, and uh, there were other illegalities or improprieties. So as a good ally with a treaty being signed, don't we have a, a duty or a responsibility to send her stateside, John? Of course we do. And and this isn't just a political process. I mean, we uh, no Canadian judge is going to incarcerate someone without evidence. The Americans have put together evidence, put together a case. This isn't something that just popped up. Uh, so so there clearly is a, a legitimate case against uh, the CFO of Huawei. And the Canadian judge looked at the facts, and that's what he based his decision on when she was initially incarcerated. And now she is, uh, I believe, on bail. Uh, probably will have to stay in the country, I would assume, until this is worked out and, and the decision is made whether or not to, uh, you know, send her down to the U.S. or not. All right. Well, you know, if uh, you give somebody bail, I guess you revoke their passport or you just uh, withhold it because you don't want them to be a flight risk. Is that right, Buzz? Yes. Uh, that doesn't mean a lot, though, if you have a lot of money and private jets. Uh, there's not many uh, uh, of the border patrol around making sure you've got a a passport. I, I, I prefer to, the John Manley solution here, and that is a well-thought-out incompetence is uh, much better uh, <laughs> in some of these uh, Sorry, cases. we just missed when her. <laughs> right. When you're, yeah, exactly. When you're dealing with these kind of things, again, I don't think we should be uh, uh, picking up people uh, uh, getting off an airplane from another country on behalf of the United States because they violated rules that the United States put in place against Iran against the wishes of the rest of the world. To me, there's no logic to that. And why would Canada uh, play that kind of game? We, we're nothing but losers in that. Oh, hang on, John. Holy you want it in. Here we have uh, uh, Buzz Hargrove, fighter for the working people, standing beside the uh, regime in Iran and the Chinese Communist Party, one of the worst human rights violators in the planet. 
I mean, come on, Buzz. When you 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 might hate uh, Donald Trump, uh, but the fact is is that the United States is still one of the greatest democracies in the world. Still has due process, and you're sitting here saying that Canada should defy uh, working with one of its allies and stand with China, who, as we all know, I've talked to any you know of our intelligence agencies have been trying to scoop up Western facts and intelligence and IP for years, and Huawei seems to be mixed up in this. Not doing Trump's dirty work is different than supporting China. This isn't China. dirty work. This is I, Justice I've been, Department I've been work. supporting the working people of China uh, probably before you were born, uh, John. I put a, we put a lot of effort into helping unionize uh, independent unions in uh, in China to do some things for uh, for working people. That's a bit different than, than us uh, shooting ourselves in the foot with one of the largest uh, trading partners we have in the world by doing the work of the United States. If Canada had a grievance against China... And we went ahead and did this. I would be fine with that. We take our chances. But well, we do have, a but grievance. not for another country. We don't well, have agreements. Well, what is because they're trying to infiltrate, as John said, and subvert uh, like a, a lot of our technology, uh, the five G network that's being set up. This whole internet that nothing to do with this arrest. No, no, no. We should have no illusions here about what kind of regime there is in China. Of course, we all know. Well, that. well yeah, they kill people who defy the government. And, that's and what you're defending, Buzz. That's no, why I hope I'm, I'm watching Trump. Uh, who uh, joins uh, uh, with uh, some of the worst countries, including uh, Saudi Arabia and others, to, to take on uh, the fact that the, that the Saudis uh, killed a reporter. And Trump and them are saying uh, we don't believe they did it. We just don't have the evidence. But this isn't about despite, Trump. This is about the fact his security people. All of them are saying they did. This they isn't did about Trump. This, uh, this is about a Canadian judge in Canada who saw the facts presented by, judge, by the U.S. State Department uh, that was obviously collected. I would say through the Justice Department in the United States, through lawyers using due process, collecting their information and presenting a case. That's how this was done. This is not about Trump. And frankly, Canada should be standing side by side with democracies and not with China. I mean, what price do you pay for trade? You're willing to give up our, 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 our deals, our charters of freedom? Did you read the I mean, people, from the... people leave China to come to Canada because they want to be free from They're that. They're leaving the United States, in case you hadn't noticed, to come to Canada they... as well. Did you read the letter from well, the former, refugees don't from count, the former uh, senator uh, saying somebody better step up in the Senate and the Congress and defend democracy in the United States yes. against the Trump administration? I think that was James Comey. Well, and, and the ironic thing <laughs> no, about this others. whole situation, though, is that Canada stands to lose a lot by doing due process here. Yet the rumor was this morning that China was going to cut the tariff on U.S.-made cars from 40% to 15%. So, the, so the United, let me get this straight. We're doing a favor to the United States. They get rewarded. And we get screwed because we're doing them a favor. It doesn't make any sense. If and you the look farmers, at the agricultural movement is saying that China's already made a decision to cut out buying pork from Canada, soybeans, uh, a number of our uh, farm products, which will harm us greatly, harm our farmers. Well, maybe we should be sitting down with our Western allies and talking about this. I mean, I think the time is, has... How do Trump? Did you see him today? Look, you think you think Trump is not going to talk about China? All Trump talks about is China. Do you think if Justin Trudeau went down to Washington and said, we got a problem with China, we need to work it out, Trump isn't going to sit down there in the Oval Office and uh, have a little show like he did today with Nancy Pelosi and the others? That'll, he will absolutely be, have it. Reality show. By the way, I'm curious, Buzz, you had said a while back that you tried to unionize in China? No, we tried to help the workers, some of the independent unions that were based in Hong Kong, organized workers in in the uh, 
industrial sector in uh, in China. Yeah, and in, Buzz is still here. We did in, some in, training in communist it. China. In communist China, they yes. were going to independent unions. Independent union. They already have. Uh, they're already union. They have government unions that are controlled by the government. Sure. And but a number uh, of the. Uh, uh, workers and uh, activists there are trying to, and still today, uh, trying to organize independent unions in China. Wow. They're uh, based in, in Hong Kong, and it's very easy to pick them up online. No, no, I'm just kind of curious that the uh, regime would even allow for this unless, you know, this is something that they give their blessing to. Uh, there's no way on God's gray earth you're going to have a union that uh, would maybe destabilize things on occasion, you know, kind of like Cup W. Uh, that <laughs> that kind of thing. I just uh, didn't think that that was... By the way, Cup W, uh, they want to go to court. They say their constitutional rights have been abridged because they had to be legislated back to work. And I think the quote from uh, the head of the union is, you can't legislate labor peace. Well, how about it? Can you? No, you can't legislate uh, a labor peace, but there are times when you have no alternative uh, but to step in and use uh, a legislation if people can't find a solution. Uh, and you have a broad uh, uh, public that's affected and impacted negatively by what's happening. Okay, well, because uh, they're claiming now that the post office management has uh, set up this scare that we've got, you know, 500 tractor trailer loads yeah. of mail and parcels that won't get delivered on time for Christmas. It's a manufactured crisis, the union says, to get the government to step in and uh, legislate these people back to work. Not, not according to the people who haven't got their packages. Well, that's the point. So, Cup W, uh, they're misleading or misrepresenting or mischaracterizing, I guess, the whole uh, situation. I just wanted to throw that in for your consideration. Well, that may very well be true. We don't know. That'll, that'll all come out if they go to court. So, if they're lying about that, if there is no big uh, backlog out there, which I'm told there is by a lot of people. Sure. Uh, uh, if there is none, that'll come out in the court case. And why would they go to court if, that, if they're going to be shown to be not telling the truth? Yeah, why would a company lie? Well, uh, why would they lie to get, a, get the upper hand, uh, get the thing over with? <laughs> All right. Did you ever have a company lie to you, Buzz? The odd time, yes. <laughs> Never. <laughs> All right. Let, let me get on to uh, a couple of other things. Now, John, you were a journalist in your day, uh, having been the associate editor of the National Post and uh, I guess the editor of the Financial Post. You know, Time Magazine just came out with a report. The 2018 Person of the Year title goes to The Guardians and the War on Truth. It's guys like Jamal Khashoggi, you know, these journalists who are in uh, hot zones and uh, meet an untimely end because of despotic regimes and tyrants and so on and so forth. A deserving title for these and uh, recognition for these individuals? Well, I think I think there's no doubt that journalists uh, do deserve recognition. I mean, Khashoggi wasn't in a hot zone. He was in a, a Saudi uh, consular office, which you would not assume would be a hot zone. Um, so, th look, there's no question that journalists face uh, in these war zones uh, tremendous danger, uh, tremendous bravery to, to tell the stories uh, of the world. And, of course, this comes at a time where journalism is, is uh, fragmenting because of the uh, changes with the Internet, with aggregators and so forth. And we're seeing some, you know, some changes in Europe where you might see uh, Google tax to help support, uh, uh, you know, journalism. But right now, everything's in disarray. So I think it's a good time to focus on journalists, good time to think about what is good journalism, what is bad journalism, and what kind of journalism do we want for the future? Well, we also know, have, for the first time in my lifetime, uh, top leadership in the Western world attacking journalists as, as printing false media. 
It's not false media for, for the most part, everything that I've read. What it is is media they don't agree with. They don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be criticized. You don't and think that's another, false well, another, uh, just, uh, another thing that we haven't had to uh, deal with in a long time. Well, uh, obviously in your lifetime was before John A. MacDonald and those folks, because if you remember the 19th century, which I, I know you don't, but you know politicians continually criticized the press. This is nothing new. This is standard fare in politics, where you have... You know, owners of newspapers using their, their, their voice to raise concerns about public policy. And, of course, you have politicians who have different views and respond back. But here's this, another. Here, Let me ask you, because the uh, CEO of Google, by the way, was uh, testifying up there in uh, Capitol Hill. I guess the Republicans on some committee or other were uh, going after him, suggesting that they actually skew the news. That Google does uh, proactively get involved and uh, they can... Well, of course they can, just like you do. they do with advertising. So what Google does is where do they, where do they put the placement? So when you hit the news button on Google, what's the first stories that pop up? Well, who's written those stories? Where do they come from? All of that is all, all controlled through your, your analytics in your Google. You set the tone. And if anyone denies that, they're wrong. Well, it's, he denied it. He well, denied, he's wrong. Okay. Well, he's the CEO, and he. I can't believe a business would lie. Well, that's, there you, you go. know that's uh, again. I asked Buzz about that, and he said on occasion. By the way, uh, to the question of journalists, you know, it's a, a harrowing profession. There's no question about it. And when you leave it, it's a shock to the system. So says our veteran affairs minister Seamus O'Regan. He was speaking before uh, a group of uh, veterans and civil servants on Monday, and he says that uh, their plight. Uh, he's been given insight into how members of the Canadian military feel as they take off their uniforms for the last time. Because when he left journalism, you know, hosting Canada AM and so on, after 15 years, he was discombobulated. Uh, now, a former master warrant officer who was in attendance at this event in eastern Ontario said, quote, Good Lord, what an insensitive and inaccurate thing to say. <laughs> now, Ernie Eves, <laughs> you've been a politician a long time. Uh there are certain third rails you just don't... I don't think you can, with all due respect, equate taking off your journalism suit to a member of the military who served his or her country. I don't think the two are, are even remotely equatable. Well, he's trying to uh, make the case that... Uh, We've all gone on from one profession to another at one time or another. Right. So it's a bit of a leap and then some... So again, I I'm would not, say so. Okay, uh, were you ever cognizant that hey, you got to watch what you say because while you might have the best of intentions, well, it's like Ralph Goodale as well, public security minister. When uh, we heard that Michael Rafferty, the killer of young Tory Stafford, was moved to uh, medium security penitentiary back in March, he only found this out inadvertently. This was in the aftermath of the whole Terry Lynn McClintock thing going to the healing lodge in Saskatchewan. So he wonders, is there anything else I should know about her, uh, you know, conspirator here in the, uh, the whole thing? Nah, not really. Well, apparently there was, that the guy had been moved in March. And Ralph Goodell stands up in the House of Commons and says, yeah, but, you know, this has got barbed wire. It's got 10-foot fences, so uh, he's not going anywhere. I think the average Canadian would not agree with Mr. Goodale, with all the respect. Okay, and, and why is that? See, this is the point I'm getting to. These politicians seem like they're tone deaf to what uh, they really should, you know, what Canadians are really feeling. Well, I think the minister is probably, you know, regurgitating the bureaucratic line from Ministry of Corrections, all of which I guess is in your briefing note, but obviously they've missed the gut feeling of the average Canadian on this issue. 
This was a horrific crime committed on a little girl. And I don't think that any Canadian believes that either one of these people should ever be in anything but maximum security for the rest of their lives. They still get to live. She didn't. Yeah, the, the irony of this is this this is the second one that was involved in killing this little girl. The, right. the woman involved, she ended up in a healing lodge, a First, uh, first right. uh, Nations healing and lodge, and then we find out he's in medium uh, security. What the hell are we thinking? What are we doing? Well, this is the point. These politicians seem like there uh, is a disconnect, or I say it's tone deaf, and uh, I cited two cases, Seamus O'Regan. You know, it might have been a little bit disconcerting when he left journalism, and he says, you know, it led to all kinds of things like depression, alcoholism, blah, blah, blah. But you can't make that link to a soldier leaving whatever the war zone is that they were in. No. You know, even if it was disconcerting to you, shut up and don't try to make that connection. Ditto for Goodell. Goodell doesn't have medium security is different than maximum. John, am I wrong? No, 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 you're not wrong. And, and see, the, the, the issue here is not about public safety. It's about the symbolism of the maximum security prison. When you create, when you do such a heinous crime, that maximum security prison says something about how society views what you did. And that's what Goodale doesn't understand. And that's what I'd say the liberals don't understand. That maximum security prison indicates how society views that crime. By putting the, this fellow in a medium uh, security prison, uh, prison by putting that the, the woman in a, a healing lodge it says it suggests that the society doesn't care about what happened that's just not the case yeah. but the liberals don't get it because they come across as patronizing we're smarter than you we're following the rules and and in, in, in they're absolving themselves from responsibility here well, i want to come back i want to pursue that line of uh thinking insofar as uh the petition for a passport by a notorious figure, uh, whether or not he'll be granted one by our bureaucracy or the federal government. That's the next thing we'll discuss here with uh, our roundtable group, Ernie Eves, Buzz Hargrove, John Turley-Ewart. It's The Oakley Show at Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm not going to get into a debate with a grieving father. Uh, but what I can tell you is that, uh, that um, uh, the Correctional Service of Canada is examining uh, every step in this process to determine if there were any errors or mistakes. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.